Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Welcome to another edition of Technology Expresso Cafe Radio. Dave and Jacqueline bring you up close and personal to the innovators, contributors, and creative minds in and around technology today. Visit their website at www.technologyexpresso.com. There you will find their broadcast with guests from all across the technology spectrum, their social media handles, and related content. Sit back with Dave and Jacqueline as they serve up Technology Expresso, fast, hot, and intense. And hello, just want to welcome everyone to a Sunday edition of Technology Expresso Radio. This is Jacqueline Sanders along with my co-host. Hi, Dave Blackman. And welcome. We're excited about this Sunday. We've got a beautiful Day in the background here as we broadcast from Atlanta, GA. And today we're going to be speaking with Francisco Nunez. Uh, uh, we talked about earlier about being nervous right before a show, and there goes my nerves right there. But it <laughs> uh, happens to the best of us. But at the same time, I want to introduce someone, Francisco Nunez. So, first of all, welcome, Francisco. Thank you. Thanks for having me, Jacqueline. Absolutely, absolutely. It's a, it's a pleasure and it's an honor. We met just not too long ago through a great networking uh, facility, BDPA, the Atlanta chapter, which we're always excited about. And you are just one example that we were so anxious to get on the show to to showcase you as a young person and what you've accomplished. So let me tell our audience a little bit about Francisco Nunez. He graduated from Morehouse College with a degree in computer science and a minor in mathematics, near and dear to my heart. That was my same lineup for my undergraduate. He has a rich background in scientific research, participating in research experiences with institutions like Stanford University, Georgia Institute of Technology, University of Michigan, and Ecole Polytechnic, a European engineering institution. He is a product of the BDPA High School Computer Competition Program. You often hear us talk about HSBC and the wonderful fundraisers to help make sure that other young people have that opportunity. He's going to speak to how that has influenced him. And as we go through, he has also worked for several technology companies, some you'll recognize readily, like Hewlett-Packard, Microsoft, and the Boeing Company. And he currently serves as a senior system analyst with FIS Global. So congratulations to you on that achievement as well. (laughs) And he's 
His true passion lies on mentoring and life coaching. He is a part of a mentoring program focused on developing young leaders with a focus in self-image, financial literacy, entrepreneurship, the importance of great associations, especially in the minority community. So, again, welcome. And, and when I read uh, what you've accomplished already at such a young age, and then people can, as we've uh, posted it on our website, they can see uh, your face and see that you're a young person and already you've achieved some great things. So we know some great things are going to come from you as you go forth. So we are just so excited to say that we knew him when, when it was all just a, a vision and a dream. So we, we know we expect a lot more great things, and, and we're going to be right there um, um, following you and keeping up with you with your achievements. But let's dive right in for our audience, and let's, let's talk about some of the thought process and the experience behind this resume. So, Dave, I'll let you talk, start us off. Absolutely. I see, Francis. So he is well-traveled, not just across the country, uh, but across the globe. He has been almost everywhere that I want to be. So congratulations on your accomplishments, your international accomplishments, as well as your national accomplishments, Francisco. So tell us about uh, how you got started. How did you uh, pick your major going into college of math, computer science, and math. I, I, is that something you just fell into, or was it part of a grand plan? Well, uh, well, David, it wasn't. Uh, it wasn't. It wasn't uh, serendipitous. But what I would say is, uh, as any other, you know, adolescent matriculating through high school or middle school, I had no idea what I wanted to do. Um, in my mind, I wanted to be an NBA basketball player. You know. Um, so that was my thing. I, you know, I loved basketball. I had a passion for it. Um, and I would have to say uh, my godfather, um, who, who was an instructor for the for the D.C. chapter in D.C., uh, you know, I, I visited him one day. And he's like, well, I got a Saturday class. I want you to stop by, you know. And uh, I said, well, what does that entail? He says, okay, well, you got to invest about four or five, you know, hours into a class on Saturday morning. I'm like, yeah, I'll pass on that. You know, um, I, I I could be doing a lot of things like sleeping and playing basketball and watching uh, watching Pokemon in the morning. So, you know, long story short, I ended up uh, I ended up uh, going to the class and uh, ended up liking it. It was in technology, flash micromedia, action programming. Progressively began began to get more and more inundated in technology, the different nuances of it. I evolved from uh, action scripting, flash micromedia class to BDPA, HSCC, spent six years uh, pursuing that, and uh, it naturally progressed and manifested into a desire to be in computer science. That's great. That's great. Now, uh, so what were your other aspirations going through college other than computer science and math? Did you have any other um, endeavors? These are uh, uh, computer science and math. They are at the core of STEM education. And uh, what was you, what did you undergrad in other than math? Or do you have any uh, arts aspirations or anything like that? Well, yeah, I'll say this. Uh, I am a fan uh, of of the English language. Um, I'm I'm very uh, passionate about speech, linguistics, diction, articulating. I'm, I'm and that manifests itself in a myriad of different ways. Uh, whether whether it be hip hop music, uh, I, I enjoy freestyling and, and rapping. Uh, you know, um, I also enjoy uh, poetry. Um, I enjoy public speaking. 
honestly, through my matriculation in college, um, I learned that my giftings were predominantly in artistic expression. Now, I knew how to think critically and, and, and work well in technology, and I liked it because it afforded me the opportunity to create something from nothing. Uh, and I felt like I had never been exposed uh, to an experience like that, uh, and it really gave me the vision uh, of being an innovator, and that appealed to me. That that was immensely attractive to me. Um, so you know, those those were some of my other passions, and and also basketball. You know, I loved I loved playing basketball and and and, and things like that. So you know, those those were my passions throughout college. I learned that that I loved mentoring, I loved personal development, and I just loved to learn. You know, so college uh, was the perfect place for that, and it was that allowed me to discover those different areas of myself. Fantastic. And and you know, as you're, you're speaking and, and people are are taking this all in, one of these things, whether it's parents and aunts and grandparents, I want them to be able to see in you um, that you're like a lot of young men. You you hit on a, a lot of typical things from the the sports aspect to the music, the rap, the creativity but you still are very comfortable and found a home in a STEM-related technology field. People don't realize something that you said that's very key, that it, technology is a place for very creative, innovative people. Um, a, a lot of us have very diverse interests, and it's not just that it, it's just about the, the computer and the bits and bytes. There's so much more, and there's a, a creative process built into problem solving and solutioning using technology. Um, and that's where uh, I, I think so many of our innovators and entrepreneurs are going to come in the, um, you know, seasons and years to come. And that's where the, the growing career and job opportunities are, are as well. So kudos to you for you being able to find that blend and for being well-rounded as well. But I, I want to also um, ask a question from your perspective a lot of people, when they think about STEM or technology, they they know that there is some um, math involved. And my uh-huh. question is, is um, a lot of young people are scared away by mathematics. So, and, uh-huh. and you probably have experienced that too with your peers. What would you say to them, and what are your thoughts as far as people who are afraid of STEM because of the math? I think that uh, in large part, uh, the app towards STEM field, especially math, uh, is, is pervasive because of the fact that we have been uh, groomed to adopt a fear. I don't believe it's a fear that uh, we own. I think it's a fear that's been imposed on us by, you know, what we hear. And uh, experiences we have, when, when we experience things for the first time uh, and, they don't, and they don't go as we planned, uh, we intuitively uh, relate that to failure, or 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 it not being it, uh, not being for me, or it not being something that I'm good at. Therefore, I'm going to dismiss it. Um, and I think, in large part, that comes from uh, the current culture that we, as a millennial generation, are facing. Uh, we live in an instant gratification Google Chrome era, as I like to call it. We want answers instantly, and if we face any type of uh, opposition or, or, or learning curve and what we do, uh, it frustrates us and, and uh, naturally follows that a lot of times we tend to succumb to that frustration and give up. So 
I think in large part it's imposed by, you know, societal uh, uh, perceptions and ideas and also by the fact that we don't know the late gratification. No, absolutely. Um, valid point. So, so Francisco, um, uh, you, you spent some time at Morehouse. How did you select Morehouse College, and were you always interested in going to college? Uh, okay, so I'll answer the, uh, the, the first question first. Um, so I like to think that uh, Morehouse picked me. Um, and the reason why I said that is because initially I knew nothing about Morehouse. I never that when initially when I was introduced to the idea of the school. Um, the way it happened is I was in high school, um, and I was met by a recruiter. And uh, I was a very ambitious and prepared person. I mean, I had a little bag with filled with my transcript, my SAT scores, and you know my my everything, every information I needed to readily present to a recruiter in the event that an opportunity presented itself. Um, so what happened was, um, you know, this recruiter says, uh, and, he, and mind you, he's, he's Morehouse, like, class of 1965. Um, so he's like, uh, he's like, well, you know, l- let me see your information. And he sees I have really, you know, I have like a 4.0 and a really high FAT. So he said, young man, you come with me, you're going to go to Morehouse. And I'm like, well, that's a pretty bold statement. So, I, you know, I'm interested nonetheless. He talks a little more. He tells me. Uh, he says, uh, he says, yeah, you're going to go to Morehouse, and I'm going to help you get there, and I'm going to give you a full scholarship. And I told him, one of the first things I told him is, and I come from modest beginnings, so I told him, I said, now, listen, now, I don't have any money. I need to get a full scholarship. You know, and he's like, well, we're going to get you a full scholarship. You know, and I said, okay, well, well, what is Morehouse? He said, well, Morehouse is an HBCU. It's obviously black college. It's a great school. Martin Luther King went there. Uh, it's also an all-boys school. Uh, and at that point, my mind said, okay, well, this conversation is over, you know. Uh, but um, he ended up taking me there, and I and I got exposed to a number of different experiences, one of which was the Candle in the Dark Gala. And I'll tell you what, this is what did it for me. Obviously, the fact that they gave me a full scholarship was part of it, but really what sold me was looking at the speakers in the Candle in the Dark Gala. I had never seen uh, public speakers speak with such conviction, such passion, the way they uh, descriptively uh, colored the topics of discussion, it was it was astounding to me. I was amazed. And public speaking and coaching being my passion, it resonated with me on a really deep level. Um, so as a result, you know, that that's kind of what, what got me to go to Morehouse. Well, that's a great story. I know if, if I had to do it all over again, I would seriously consider an all- male college. I think it's a great opportunity. It removes part of the distraction. There's always an opportunity to engage in the opposite sex and 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 that type of those type of activities. But um I think it allows you to focus a lot more and really be, uh be more uh precise as you mentioned uh in your conviction in whatever discipline you're uh going on. I think that was a great choice. Yeah, definitely, and and looking at it in retrospect, I mean, I I, I now looking back on it, I I, you know, I understand I needed Morehouse because I needed that type of environment to foster an optimal level of focus. I was at a point where I was just getting exposed to freedom and really you know getting out there and socializing. That's why I was initially apprehensive to the idea. However, upon experiencing it, the camaraderie, the brotherhood, 
the rich history, the intangible qualities that Morehouse makes it a point to expose you to, I realized that uh, it would definitely play a pivotal role in, in my trajectory and, and where I currently am now. Absolutely, absolutely. Well, let me ask you, um, being a, a young person, you recently, um, comparatively <laughs> to some of us, uh, having gone through college and, and thinking back to even high school, how are the high school doing as far as counseling um, young people and, and advising them? I think you talked about a, a pivotal moment with your, I think you said your godfather, who uh, took you to the, the Saturday classes with BDPA. Um, but but how are the high school and the counselors doing with young people? And, and what's your advice to, to maybe what we could be doing to getting more young people thinking about college, planning for college, and seriously considering STEM careers? Well, what I would say, if I could consolidate my advice into one word, I would say initiative. I would say take initiative. Uh, be proactive. Um, resources are allotted to you during your high school matriculation, but whether or not you benefit from those resources is directly contingent upon your willingness to make your needs known. To make your needs known, you have to vocalize what you want, uh, and you have to be assertive in the matter. And, and, and what was surprising for me is many times opportunities were allotted to me not because I was the most qualified, but because I was the only person in the room. I was the only person actually being vocal, the only person putting myself in, in that position to be offered. And part of it was preparation. I was diligent. I realized that I came from modest beginnings. I, you know, my family, I'm the oldest of seven, and I had some financial issues. And, you know, we got we got what we needed, but it, it was a struggle, uh, the environment as well. But I realized that academia and learning was my ticket. I was good at it. I enjoyed it. And uh, people saw that in me. So once I did that, I just... I just made it a point to stay in my counselor's office as much as possible. I tried to live there, you know, but they wouldn't let me sleep there. Um, but uh, I, I basically just surrounded uh, myself uh, with, with that type of energy. I surrounded myself with people that were more knowledgeable, that had more clout, that had more networks, and I took advantage of those networks. When somebody came in a room, I made my desires known. And when you make your desires known, in the, known in the words of Paulo Coelho, one of my favorite books, The Alchemist, you know, the universe conspires in your favor. Um, I believe in the law of attraction, and I think that that was part of it. Preparation was an integral part, but uh, initiative is, is one as well. A lot of us are apprehensive about vocalizing our concerns for the fear that we will appear vulnerable to our counterparts. Um, and one of the things that I learned is that it's better to look uninformed than to be uninformed. I was inquisitive, I took initiative, and I was proactive, and I think that was key. Very, very good point. Um, and, and, again, I think that it's important. That's why this show, uh, we, we wanted to have you kind of say these things. It's, from, it's almost peer-to-peer, which is, is something we're going to dive into more um, a little later on as well, is is the mentoring coming from your peers and them hearing it from you and seeing already how far it, it's taken you. So let's talk about you taking the initiative and, and um, going to that HSCC program. And for our audience, talk through from a student's perspective what HSCC, what it did for you. Um, talk about, I, I know that you uh, participated in different chapters. 
what you were trying to looking to get out of it, and maybe even how it today still uh, helps you and has influenced uh, where you are today. So, Jacqueline, if you don't mind, could you uh, reemphasize the last part of the question? You know, I just wanted to, for you to kind of share how it is still influencing you, uh, how that has carried over into where you are and what you have been able to achieve up to now. Definitely, definitely. Um, BDPA has had a profound influence on my upbringing, uh, my growth, my development, and it's still uh, having a residual influence on me, and I'm still continually involved um, and in, the, in a number of different ways. I, I would say as of right now, uh, it's influencing me and, and impacting me in the way that, you know, for example, let's take this, this, this conversation happening right now. It wouldn't have transpired if it wasn't for the networks, the opportunities, uh, and, and, and the conversations I was able to have by way of BDPA. Uh, you know, me and you and I met at a, uh, at a minority uh, executive IT forum uh, by way of BDPA. So I think that that's a testament to the, the influence it's having. I'm also developing a partnership with them uh, in the realm of, you know, adding value to the Atlanta chapter organization, helping the kids out, coaching, becoming a member of the board, and serving as a liaison between the older board members as well as the college demographic. I'm at a good place right now in that I just graduated from college, but I'm I'm still very in tune uh, to the college circuit, the high school circuit, what's going on in those different areas. So I offer a rich and creative perspective from that demographic. And also BDPA has helped me tremendously because they've offered networks, they've offered resources, advisors, mentors. Derek Brown, for example, the president of BDPA Atlanta, you know, he's helped me tremendously. He had a ceremony for me during my graduation. He's mentoring me through a book writing process. I'm actually writing a book right now. He's published several. Um, even my boss right now at FIS is a national board member um, at, uh, for BDPA, uh, Mike Williams. So, you know, it's helped me in, in, in such a different number of ways. I mean, uh, it, it really, really, it's been invaluable. It's been invaluable and it continues to be invaluable. And the funny thing is, as a youth, I had a conceptual idea of somewhat of what it will do. But now looking back on it, I couldn't have imagined uh, how much it's it's given me. Uh, as a result of being a part of it, I consider myself to have grown up uh, under BDPA. So, absolutely, absolutely, and you know, um, appreciate all the things that you had to say about BDPA, and hopefully, that's resonating with with again. I, I always call out to our parents and our aunts and uh, uncles. You know, reach out to the young people, and sometimes the the the, the go kicking and screaming initially, but I can't tell you of the testimonies that we've had, and I look forward to more testimonies as we go into our 40th year anniversary of VDPA um, and the HSCC program. So many young people who, you know, we're going to be following up with them to see where are they now. And that program, whether or not they pursue an IT career, I promise you, the networking, the connections, the teamwork, even being able to present and articulate um, and just finding mentors and people that they and the professional world can look up to. It, all, all of that comes packaged in with just giving up, uh, I say just, but giving up, sacrificing Saturdays. But you 
find yourself part of the BDPA family. We consider ourselves family, and I think uh, Francisco is an example. Once you're in the family um, and your name gets out, then everyone's more than willing to take you under their wings and to help you whatever your aspirations are. So um, great opportunity, and kudos to you for, like you said, taking the initiative, taking advantage of that opportunity, uh, even with a little reluctance, um, but that, uh, you know, participating. And you've participated in several of the HSTC programs. Can you, would you like to give a, a, a shout-out to some of the different chapters that you participated in? Yeah, definitely. I'd like to give a shout-out and really just give a testament to how influential BDPA has been. Uh, I would I would have to say that uh, you know my heart is always is always uh, you know with the DC chapter. That's where I started. That's where I had a lot of my success. Uh, we were ranked top three in the nation for five years during my uh, my, my tenure there. Um, and you know most recently, DC chapter has gotten first, placed first in nationals. I definitely got to shout them out. Uh, and interestingly enough, we're paying it forward and we're leaving a legacy. My my little brother uh, was the co-captain for the D.C. chapter team. Um, so he was on the winning team, you know, and, and, and uh, he's enjoying it. He's really gifted in technology, uh, and BDPA has been tremendously helpful for him. He's getting scholarships, just got a brand-new laptop. He's making friends. He's traveling. You know, I'm really happy to see him flourish, and it allows me uh, to take a third-party perspective. It's almost as if, you know, I I matriculated through BDPA, and I had an inside perspective during the time of my matriculation, and now I can kind of see it and see it in in movie as as a movie and see him matriculate from a third party perspective and look at how he develops, and it's definitely very exciting. And I'd like to shout out the Northern Virginia team as well. I, I was there for a year as well, um, and also the Baltimore chapter. You know. Um, and I, and obviously the Atlanta chapter. I mean, the Atlanta chapter is excellent. They're doing so many different things. They're, you know, they're adding so many different flavors to BDPA and what it has to offer. And you know, they're really implementing some new practices that are that are going to be very refreshing uh, for, uh, for for uh, BDPA as a whole. Absolutely. Yeah, that's fantastic. Uh, you mentioned the DC chapter there. Uh, Francisco, uh, yes, Perry's been doing a great job there, uh, and, and I like what he's been doing with BDPA today as well on a multimedia level. And incidentally, I believe we interviewed your younger brother since he was a part of the uh, winning team this year. We were uh, both in uh, Indianapolis, and we interviewed the winning team, so we met him, and he's doing a great job. So uh, much success to him in the future. Uh, uh, speaking of um, the future and 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 how you how you made a transition uh, from college life to the uh, corporate professional world, and you mentioned FIS Global. I, I don't know if you know this, but I work for FIS Global as well. I'm in the uh, I'm a senior architecture project manager. So I didn't know if you knew that or not. Oh yeah, actually, Jacqueline, uh, Jacqueline told me. I was definitely uh, pleasantly surprised to know that. I'm like, man, like it's a, it's a, uh, it's a small world, but you know that that's a, uh, you know that that's awesome. I mean, and it just like, it's it's so it's so amazing how uh, BDPA has such a rich network, and you know everybody is interconnected with each other in some fashion or another. Absolutely. So 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 tell us. 
how you made that transition from college life. And I, I know you had a lot of other experiences outside of college, uh, internships and things of that nature. But how did you make that transition to your first full-time position that, that you could really make an impact in? Yeah, so I'll say this. Um, taking it back to BDPA, BDPA was formative even before I came to college because one of the things I failed to mention is to build a work habit, not just a regular work habit, but the take extra initiative work habit. Coming in on Saturdays, taking that six hours. Towards the end, booming in the nationals, doing that extra five or four hours on Sunday. Coming into college, I adopted that same work habit. Going into a full-time, slight change in mindset, you know, different demands in a different culture. But I, do, I did what I always do. Um, I sought the advice of people who had already been on the path that I was imminently going to be a part of, and I was to their advice. I, I sought the counsel uh, of those mentors. Uh, I made my needs vocal, uh, and those needs were addressed because I was receptive and willing to take information and apply it. Um, and I just, for me, it speaks to the value of mentorship. What, what, I be, what I've begun to realize is you have a number of different uh, levels and different areas that you traverse through in your life, but the principles remain constant. Um, in high school, I thrived because I was vocal. I took initiative. I was proactive. I developed a work habit, and I made my desires known, and I attracted the resources necessary. I think the same uh, is definitely applicable uh, to the work world. I've talked to mentors who have been there. There's an ancient Chinese proverb that says, if you want to get to the other side of the hill, talk to somebody who's on their way back. And all I did was talk to somebody on their way back. Wow, very powerful, very powerful. And if you've been talking to Mike Williams and our own Derek Brown, then I know you've been talking to some people who um, can give you some sage advice. So uh, kudos for you for um, leveraging those relationships. Some people come and uh, even we find sometimes adults when they're networking, they sit in the back in the room or they hold up a wall. Um, you've got to get in there. You've got to get engaged. You've got to have those conversations, and you've got to listen. So, um, you know, you're a smart young man. And those who are listening, first of all, we want to thank all of those who have called in and are listening live on the line. Welcome to the show. Uh, we're talking with Francisco, Francisco Nunez, um, as well as those who are in the chat room. And if you haven't made your way to the chat room, if you're online, at technologyexpresso.com. You can go to the chat line, and David's standing by and uh, welcomes any questions or comments you have, and we'll read them on air. Uh, we, we welcome those as well. As we continue to talk with Francisco Nunez about his uh, career path, career decisions, and let's start talking about and transitioning into uh, another passion of yours, and that's mentoring. You've been mentored, and now you're also mentoring. What is that? Why, why are you so passionate about that? Uh, that's a golden question. Um, so mentorship, I'm passionate about it for a plethora of reasons. And let me start here. I'm a product of mentorship. 
I've seen firsthand what it does, uh, the effect it has, uh, the the growth and development that you get out of the result. My mentorship started with my godfather at 11 years of age. He introduced me to uh, the book, The Greatest Salesman in the World by Augmentino, you know, and I realized that taking a personal uh, interest and reading it on my own, it offered a perspective, but it paled in comparison to the perspective that I incurred as a result of reading it with him, reflecting on the information, gaining insight, and then getting his mature and, and seasoned perspective on the matter. That's what mentorship offers that individual learning does not. I'm not a proponent of the idea that knowledge is power. I don't think knowledge is power. I think knowledge is pervasively available. You go on Google, you, you make a click, and you get knowledge, you get information. Knowledge devoid of application is futile. When you apply information, then it becomes useful. Um, mentorship allows you to receive knowledge from not only a conceptual literary perspective, but from a humanistic perspective. And then it offers another dimension in that it allows you to apply that knowledge in an environment that supports you. And then in addition to that, I'll say this, and this has served me really well. I like to think of mentorship as I like to think of mentorship as a Google Maps GPS. Okay, and the reason why I say that is this. Um, Google Maps is going to show you the shortest route. It's going to show you an efficient route. Now, trial and error, failing forward, that's essential. You're going to need to do that to a degree regardless. But if I traveled two miles to get to destination X, and that was through trial and error, through tireless effort and dealing with struggles along the way, I have the power to then through my experiences, tell a pupil, take this path, and it's going to cut your distance by half a mile. So mentorship allows you to walk a 1.5-mile journey versus a 2-mile journey because a person more seasoned, knowledgeable, and wise than you can tell you that extra 0.5 miles is not necessary and does not yield food. Very, very well put. I, I love your analogy. That that is, and and people can relate to that. But, but with that said, now I'm going to I'm going to ask you on the other side. It seems very uh, natural that you know most young people they don't want to hear what you know the old folks have to say. Um, they you know they know more and they know a better way and. Um, what happens to you isn't going to happen to them. Now, you're a young person mentoring young people. Do, is the conversation any different? Are they more willing to, to take it from one of their peers? Or do, do what, what do you do when you find some someone that's resistant? Or do you not find that it's common? And maybe it's because of your age. Well, I think, I think resistance is an inextricable component uh, in the mentorship process. You could have knowledge available, but not everybody is receptive to knowledge, and that doesn't necessarily uh, that doesn't necessarily boil down to just an age difference or a generational gap. 
I think what I offer as a, as a, as a younger person is re- more relatability. I, I have a shorter gap between the experiences they're currently facing and, and the place where I'm at. So obviously that would offer, uh, you know, a more relatable perspective. But I would say you always face resistance. Um, what I believe in is I believe that you you meet the person uh, where they're at, um, and when you're mentoring somebody, you're leading. And leadership is not about leadership is not about someone following you or someone doing something for you. Leadership is a side by side journey in which both individuals, the leading party as well as the follower, are working in conjunction collaboratively to reach the same end. Uh, so I'm going to find out where you are, I'm going to accommodate to that, and I'm going to fulfill your need. And when you are no longer receptive to the need, I will serve as a moral support base, um, and I'll give you assistance and serve you to the extent which you're open to receiving, if that makes sense. You know, it totally makes sense. Yeah, so, so Francisco, uh, could you speak about uh, those individuals that you do come in contact with, that you do speak to? Um, uh, what is your target audience? Which core uh, uh, age group do you feel more comfortable uh, sharing information and assisting in their climb up the uh, education and corporate ladder? What's your target audience? And, 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 what's, and when you have your target audience, what's your favorite topic to speak to. I, you know, we know there's a wide area that we can uh, speak to and that, that everyone needs help in. But what's, what, where's your bread and butter? What, what's, which do you like talking about mostly, and what's your target target audience, please? Well, I feel, I, I feel like as far as the, the demographic I deal with most, um, I deal with a lot of young people, college, high school, a uh, little bit after college, but I've mentored different types of people. I feel like I feel like mentorship is not confined to age. I feel like as a 22-year-old, I mean, I have information that's relevant to someone that's 50, 60, 70. I've even mentored people that are in their 50s, people that are in their 30s, people that are in their 40s. I don't limit myself. Will I say that initially I was more comfortable with a demographic that was closer to my age range? Yeah, I was, but naturally – uh, we're more comfortable with the things that are familiar to us. Uh, I, I'm I'm a proponent of getting outside of your comfort zone. I feel like growth begins at the end of your comfort zone, uh, and life begins at the end of your comfort zone. So I feel like I make it a point to get as uncomfortable as possible because discomfort is the catalyst to growth. Uh, as far as my favorite uh, uh, topic to discuss, I like to discuss shifting the paradigm, shifting the mentality. A lot of us have the misconception that uh, the deficiencies that we have in our life can be directly attributed to a lack of resources. I don't think it's a lack of resources. I think it's a lack of mindset. You know, um, you take a person um, person that's done one thing their whole life, you put them in a different situation. The fact that they're in a different situation is not what causes them to fail. The fact that they've taken the mindset of what they've done before and translationally try to apply that to the current place, that's where the failure comes in. If you put a farmer in a Maserati, it doesn't make him a race car driver. It's the mindset that makes him a race car driver. I feel like a lot of the disparities that are plaguing the minority community can be attributed uh, to a lack of mindset, you know. 
you, you, people that are, are, are seeking entrepreneurship. They take a employment, $40,000 a year mentality and translationally try to apply it to a, a big business mentality. It doesn't work because what you're doing is you're looking for the instant gratification that you get from your employment, that biweekly check, and you're translationally trying to apply that to a big business, and it's not going to work. So a large part of it is the paradigm. I talk about the paradigm. Your attitude and the mindset that you adopt, I feel like that's the driving force for the rest of your journey. If you get your paradigm right, then you could get everything else right. But if you don't get that right, that's the root of all of the issues or lack thereof. So I would say that's my favorite topic, and that manifests itself in a number of different ways, whether it be finance, self-image, environment, uh, the law of input. You know, um, I'm a big believer in the law of input. You, uh, your, your, your thoughts and feelings become your words and actions. Your words and actions become your habits. Uh, your habits then become then become your character, and then your character ultimately uh, becomes your, um, your your future and your destiny. Absolutely. Well put, well put. And you spoke about gravitating towards young people and people that share the experiences, that similar experiences as you. What are the type of questions that young people typically ask you when you're in a speaking engagement or after a speaking engagement, just networking back and forth? What, what are the type of uh, questions that you're getting? Well, a, a lot of people you know, ask me about my work habit. They ask me about what I do daily. They ask me about how to build good habits. Uh, I think of that a reoccurring theme is how do I manage my time? How do I make the right decisions? I mean, I think during this time around with young people, I think a lot of the problem is how do we make the right decisions and how do we do so on a consistent basis? How do we organize what we do? You know, it's a, it's, it's a chaotic uh, period, I think, for a lot of people uh, because they're, they're not organized and they're not purpose-driven. A lot of it is purpose if you don't do things with intentionality, you're not going to get the desired result because you're not intentional about what you're doing. So I think that that's one of the reoccurring themes that I get. I mean, like, you know, what are you doing? Um, what are your habits? What, are you, what, are you, what is your work habit? How did, how did you learn how to acquire? And another thing I would say is a lot of people are attracted to my ability to communicate, and they're always like, well, how do I communicate better, you know, and things like that. Can you talk about that? What, what was that about? 
Yeah, definitely. Uh, guardian input. Honestly, I think it uh, it falls it falls falls down to this. Um, the things that you take in are, are gonna affect what you produce. Uh, for example, uh, your body is a your body is a machine. It's an engine. Um, in order to keep it running right, you got to feed it with the right things. You got to eat the proper foods, maintain the proper diet, engage in the proper exercise. Life is much the same, from my perspective. Um, I feel like um, the type of music you listen to, for example. Um, I make it a point not to listen to secular music. Why? Uh, let, let's take the minority uh, community, for example. Uh, if you look at hip-hop culture and you look at the current disparities flagging the minority community, uh, if you want to know what's happening in the minority community or what the problems we're currently facing at, look at the hip-hop culture, and it's going to mirror. It's going to mirror the issues. Uh, for example, you know, you got rappers talking about impulsive spending. You know, okay, I'm a, I'm a spend my money. You know, I'm a, I'm a blow money. This, the, and that is a direct correlation of me being quote unquote real. You know, um, I'm going to demoralize women. You know, I'm going to, uh, I, I'm going to, uh, you know, be a flashy person, be a person that embellishes. Uh, that's the current plight right now. I mean, you know. You got people standing in line, you know, for hours at a time uh, for a um, for a pair of, like, you know, $200 Jordans, but we won't spend $10 on a book about John Maxwell on leadership, you know. So uh, that that's what I mean uh, in terms of uh, in terms of the law of input. You know, you really got to monitor your input because uh, those are going to affect your thought patterns. Those are going to affect your actions. And whether you accept it or not, uh, it's an intricate part of the person you become. Uh, we neurologically speaking, we only count five percent of our neural real estate. Uh, so the question becomes, uh, what happens to that other ninety-five percent? You know, ninety-five uh, percent of our mental reservoir is, uh, is is subconscious. You know, so then then the problem becomes, okay, well, you know, what what do we do about that, and how do we how do we create a situation where we are mitigating uh, the food that we feed our mind? Uh, and I, and that's what that's where guarding your input. Also about people, you need people that are going to cultivate your dreams, cultivate um, your your innermost desires, and help you align with your purpose. If you don't have people doing that, they're either going to add value or they're going to diminish value. And you have to make a decision of what you want to expose yourself to. Thank you, thank you, thank you for elaborating on that. And I also want to give you an opportunity. Would you talk about Project One Million? Yeah, definitely. Uh, Project One Million. I mean, that's very near and dear to my heart. I mean, uh, basically, you know, I have a mentor. Um, he's uh, he he lives in Canada, and uh, he's been uh. Well, I just want to to share with you. We're speaking with Francisco Nunez, and he has been uh, uh, uh talking about his pursuit of STEM uh, opportunities. He started out at Morehouse College, uh, was a product of BDPA's HSCC, as well as uh, a strong proponent for mentorship, and his intention is also to mentor others. And he's well on his way. He has a long resume of of speaking uh, engagements, and he's open to even more speaking engagements. If you'd like to know how you could get uh, 
Francisco Nunez to speak at your school, college, or program, especially getting them in front of uh, young people, whether they're uh, college-bound, high school students, or already in college, um, you can email Technology Expresso, and we'll make sure and get in contact with uh, Francisco. Uh, secondly, you can always meet up with him at any of the Atlanta BDPA events if you're here locally. He's a, a, a member and always a participant in the Atlanta BDPA events. And we fully intend to have him back on our show. There's a long list of other topics I still want to, to ask him questions about. He's a busy young man and hard to catch up with, but when we can, we're going to get him back on the show, back on the schedule. He talks on a variety of things from self-image, financial literacy, entrepreneurship, the importance of great association, um, and and also getting the proper input, filtering your input. Yes, we seem to have had a little bit of technical difficulty here. Uh, he will hopefully be dialing back in. Uh, if not, you'll be able to download and listen to the entire uh, transcript of our conversation with Mr. Francisco Nunes at www.technologyexpresso.com. You'll find this interview as well as our archive of all past interviews, and stay tuned and connected with us for future interviews with individuals, aspiring individuals such as Mr. Nunes himself. Look forward to those conversations here on technologyexpresso.com. Absolutely. And let's talk about some of um, our future shows that are coming up, too, as we're winding down this hour. Um, yes, uh, Technology Tuesday will continue. If not this Tuesday, then the following Tuesday, stay attached uh, and connect on our calendar. Uh, we will continue that series as well as other series that Jacqueline hosts as far as social media is concerned. Uh, uh, Dawn Majors, another one of our co-patriots and uh, co-workers here at Technology Espresso are heavily involved in uh, social media and what they call the Tweet up the Twitter parties. Those are pretty exciting. A lot of people have been uh, asking about those, and a lot of energy is being created around that. So stay in touch with us. Give us a call. Drop us a line. Stay in touch. Uh, like us on Facebook and uh, other social media. Stay in touch with us, and we will get you connected. Remember, listen, learn, leverage, and launch. Absolutely. So, um, as David mentioned, uh, we were speaking today with Francisco Nunez, and uh, we will have him back on the show and continue the, the interview and dive into some other areas. If you enjoyed the topics that we covered today, please, by all means, email us at technologyexpresso at gmail.com, um, and we will, uh, whatever questions or ideas or even speakers that you'd like to suggest for the show, we would be more than welcome. Um, we want to serve up whatever you're interested in. We look for those things that are STEM-related, related to entrepreneur and innovation, um, and this is a hot area, and everyone can leverage technology. So that's why we're serving it up fast, hot, and intense. We're doing all the research so that you can we can serve it up to you and make it easy for you to leverage technology and whatever you'd like to pursue. So I guess with today's show, 
we're going to go ahead and and call it a, a, a day. It's been great talking with Francesco Francisco Nunez. Um, I've had a tongue twister all day with that. <laughs> but Francisco Nunez, and uh, we look forward to our, our next time we have him on the show. Again, follow Atlanta BDPA if you're in the Atlanta area. If you, too, want to network or find out more about the high school computer competition, whether you have students you want to bring to the, the program that meets on Saturdays, teaches them programs, then they get to compete for scholarships, or maybe you want to volunteer. They're always looking for teachers. Just go to AtlantaBDPA.org. Also look for upcoming collaboration from with Next Level Technology and Technology Expresso as we expand the social media boot camp, helping small businesses leverage social media. Look for that as well. And you can always follow us, again, as David said, on Facebook and Twitter, when you, if you want to know the times and dates of those activities and programs. And lastly, you can also text the word LAUNCH to 41411, again, the word LAUNCH from your smartphone to 41411, and you'll get a text message reminder whenever we're having our next radio program. Yes, absolutely. And as, as additionally, uh, go to our website, www.technologyexpresso.com, and look for our YouTube channel. We've got some video out there as well that will uh, that gives you another medium, so to speak, to engage with us here at technologyexpresso.com. So let me add to that and say watch, listen, learn, leverage, and launch. That's all for today, folks. Have a good rest of the day. You've been listening to Technology Expresso Cafe Radio. Visit our website portal at www.technologyexpresso.com for a full list of broadcast archives, social media handles, and upcoming shows. Keep up with Technology Expresso while on the go by texting the word LAUNCH to 41411. That's texting the word LAUNCH to 41411. Thanks again, everyone. And remember, listen, learn, leverage, launch. Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. <gasps> no, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.